Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here tonight for the Locked On Nationals podcast. On tonight's show, Connor Jones and I talk about the Nationals weekend they had, a successful weekend, might I add, winning five games in four days on this Labor Day weekend. We talk about the Mike Rizzo contract extension. We talk about Austin Voth struggles, what we would do with the roster, and a whole lot more. Great conversation coming up with our good friend, Connor Jones. You are Locked On Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. It is Monday, August, August, well, Monday, September 7th. 2020 and uh connor jones joins me tonight we've got a whole lot to get to the nationals just played five day five games in four days four against the braves one against the tampa bay rays and um they just re-signed their gm to a contract extension uh he was subsequently ejected the following day from a baseball game carter keboom was playing third base again so there's a whole lot to get to but um Connor, I have to say, you know, this this Monday counts as part of the weekend because it was a long weekend, and the Nationals took took three of five games, and I know the season's not going well, and they're only fifteen and twenty five, but all things considered, this is the best weekend the Nationals have had in uh in quite some time. It feels like, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not saying a whole lot with this with this team this year, but yeah, I, it, it's definitely it's definitely cleaner baseball and better overall. The thing for me, you know, the big thing over the last month of this year is, is trying to develop some of those younger guys offensively. So you'd like to see them make a lot of progress because they do have some guys that are that are extremely young but but do have some promise. So you want to keep kind of building in the right direction with them. But, yeah, I mean, three out of five, it's, it's kind of been a long time coming. And obviously winning any series has been a, a major challenge all year um, for the Nats. Yeah, and they get the back end of the doubleheader on Friday night. They get the game on Saturday as well. Um, Freddie Freeman was just raking all weekend long, but they were able to somehow, somehow, some way. Uh, you know, you think in a weekend where Freddie Freeman has, you know, has two grand slams, the Nationals probably aren't doing too hot. But they earn a split, and I believe it's actually their first split since they played the Braves two weeks ago. So there's something positive there. The big news of the weekend was the Nationals negotiating a contract extension with their general manager, Mike Rizzo. And something that we talked about at the deadline was that maybe Mike Rizzo was hesitant to do something at the deadline, whether it be buying or selling, because he did not know if he would be working with this roster uh, moving forward. Did you think that was maybe something that, that played in to him, you know, at, at the deadline, not making a move one way or the other? Yeah, I think it. I think it had a lot to do with it. It's not something that I think anyone's going to come out right and say. But right. to me, if you kind of just read into that situation, I think that's exactly what happened. Because if you look, if you take that out, to me, it's pretty indefensible to not actually sell at the deadline. There, I think that it was the. It would have been the right thing to do if you. You if that contract situation is off the table, then uh, I think maybe they do operate differently there because you don't. You don't want to strip down the current roster even more if you don't know you're going to be there. It puts it put Mike Rizzo in a little bit of a difficult spot. But just 
when you look at what happened and when you look at what would have made sense, I think it had a, I think it had a, a major impact. Yeah, and, and we're glad he's back, right? I mean, this this will be the second time in you know the last three or four years that a championship team in our nation's capital lost one of their most significant you know people, whether it be uh, the coach Barry Trotz, who you know uh, unceremoniously was not had did not have his contract renewed, and now we see him with the Islanders currently playing as we are speaking in a conference final. Or it be, you know, this situation with Mike Rizzo where you'd be really upset to see him walk after building a championship team. I mean, I think, Connor, you know, I think obviously this year was so weird. And for this team, with all the injuries and the people sitting out, it was a step back. But, the, you know, I think the faith in Rizzo and the idea of how he constructs rosters and teams, you know, the idea of it being successful, what he does, that has not gone anywhere. I think, I think there's still much belief within the fan base and the ownership in, uh, in Mike Rizzo. Yeah, 100% agree. I think with Rizzo, you can, you can look at last offseason's moves and say that, you know, a lot of those didn't pan out the way that, that he would have hoped or anticipated. But when you look at Mike Rizzo's track record overall, I think that still speaks for itself far more than just a, a one-off bad 60 games. So I think I'm very glad to have him back. I think he's one of the brightest GMs in the league. I wish they could have gotten it done sooner, uh, just kind of because it was a little bit of a cloud hanging over the the season that you don't necessarily want to deal with. But yeah, get, having having him back, I think is a it's good to to finally get that locked in, so you can feel comfortable, you know, going forward with with your architect, and uh, you know, hopefully, same thing they can get something done with David Martinez soon too. Yeah, and then you know, let's let's go to more of his weekend, right? I mean. It was it was an odd weekend for for Mr. Rizzo being ejected uh, from one of the suites on Sunday by I believe a combination of Hunter Wellstead and Joe West, and um, you know you could hear him. I mean, this was not the first time he was yelling on Sunday, um, but what, what was you know whether it was him talking or him not wearing a mask, uh, it was a really bizarre situation because you had Joe West making these weird comments afterwards where he said, I wouldn't take that from a player. I wouldn't take it from a manager. Uh, you know, the kind of the talk he said, if it was Donald Trump, I'd eject him too, but I'd still vote for him, which was a really weird, that was the weird comment, which was like, nobody brought Donald Trump into this. And for some reason, Joe West decided to make this political. Um, Joe, Joe West. I mean, the man, the man is seeking attention with, yeah. with what he says, yes. or what he does on the baseball field. Like, I mean, it, it's it's pretty funny to me. I, I mean, it's maybe Mike Rizzo feels differently and is extremely irritated by that. But just the whole concept of of what happened there is just it's just ridiculous. I feel like I've seen so many national games this year. It seems like people are getting ejected out of the stands left and right. I don't think they've had a player get thrown out of a game, but they've had uh, three different times somebody from the organization that was in the stands has been. Which is just bizarre. And uh, back to your Joe West thing, like, so I guess, I guess it was weird because there's some people saying that he didn't have a mask on and there's microphones picking up somebody saying the Braves dog out that he was ejected for that. At no point in time were they, you know, did it say that he was ejected for the mask. So to be fair about that one, um, you know, I, 
I, I was, I thought it was the, the, the abuse. Well, or just, I wouldn't call it abuse. I wouldn't say, the, the, I think it was the, the, the yelling that got him in trouble. And then also too, like, you know, I've been very, very serious about the coronavirus. I've mentioned those podcasts a million times. He's alone in the section. So like the idea that, you know, he has to wear a mask. I mean, he's outdoors alone. There's nobody with him there. It's just him. Cause he's with the team. Like, I didn't think he yeah. was like. I didn't think he was really like hurting anybody up there. I mean, besides the the array of you know profanities, I assume he was yelling at the umpire. My theory is that it definitely is related to what Mike Rizzo is saying, not not the mask situation. Because you may be a guy that takes coronavirus seriously, but I don't believe that Joe West is. <laughs> right. uh, I think he's he's said as much. So I'm gonna assume that it wasn't he wasn't too devastated to see somebody up there in the in the suite not wearing a mask. But uh, the profanities, the obscenities, whatever it was, I, I, I'm guessing it has to do with that because uh, we got to remember who the guy was doing the attack. That's what I thought, too. I, I, thought, I was like, to, which was weird. It was like, to be fair to Joe West, in a way, it's really, you know, I'm not, it's not unfair to him. I mean, he made the comments about, you know, like, if coronavirus, you know, coronavirus won't get me, um, you know. I just, I thought it was a funny scenario at a weird weekend and just in a weird season. It was, I mean, you know, I think we all kind of get, were able to chuckle at it and laugh. Uh, and I think Mike Rizzo, you know, took it in stride. The, the Hunter Wellstead being like, we need security up there. Like, I'm pretty sure he can hear you. Like, if you toss him, like, it's not like, like he's so far away from the game. Like, I think, you know, I mean, but like, I'm sure you yell up there, he can hear you and just, you know, he'll remove himself. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a bit absurd where they were like, they're like, we got, we got to get security up there to, to handle the unruly Mike Rizzo. Yeah, it, it's just there's a few unruly fans, unruly that fans at the, uh, in the stands this year. They also just happen to be uh, management and players on the team. <laughs> and and one and one of them happening in an away ballpark too, which would make, which makes it you know a bit weirder. Um, on to on to you know more serious things. Uh, you know we'll get back to Mike Rizzo in a second, but one of the things he might have to might might have to assess is third base. Davey Martinez making the statement, I believe it was either Friday or Saturday, saying Carter Kaboom is our third baseman. We got to see what we have. I mean, why weren't you doing this earlier, right? Like, I understand he wasn't playing great, but, like, you, you had to figure out what you had in this season. And I feel like, you know, making this move now was kind of odd. And actually, I think he had a pretty decent weekend, too, like, like from watching the games. And, and just – it felt like he was a bit more relaxed this weekend. So – what do you make of kind of this retroactive move to go to Carter Keboom and saying now we're going to see what we have? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little frustrating to me. I am you know, 100% on board with what you said as far as you need to keep riding with Carter Keboom to see what you have there, especially when it becomes clear and clear that you're not a, a, a playoff team and, and a team that has a chance to compete for a championship in this year. I mean, right. I think – We've ta- like to me like the way they've operated during this year. They've they've been a team that's basically well out of the playoff picture, but they're still like making decisions like they're in the thick of the race. Right. Like you you're sending down Carter Keboom like he doesn't have a chance to work through struggles. You're not selling at the deadline with guys on expiring contracts. Um, but back to the point about Keboom, yeah, I want to get him at bats because it's not like Eric Sames like getting at bats in a in a corner infield spot. It's not like he's producing either. I mean, they right. run him out there every day. So, right. yeah, I think I want. I think you want to see what you have in your younger players and and 
prepare them and maybe grow with them as much as you can in a year like this because the Nats haven't really had many opportunities to do that over the last decade. I don't think they've been below 500 since uh, 2010, 2011. So you kind of, I mean, if if you're going to have a positive out of this pretty brutal year, it's that you can work through some struggles with those younger players. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Roman. Talking about ED is not easy. Usually we just brush it off and blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe a real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com xxx and complete an online visit. ED can be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash locked on MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on MLB. Getroman.com slash locked on MLB. Well, we saw it too with Luis Garcia, right? I mean, he, he made you know a couple horrible defensive plays, I believe, in the Wednesday game last week with Philadelphia. And then on Thursday, you know, he's making uh, you know, he's he's making he made a couple really awesome defensive plays. And that's that is the growing pains. That is the working through things that we want to see from younger players. Also, too, you know, you talk about tossing Eric Thames out there. I mean, Austin, Austin, both still going every fifth day, right? So if, yeah. if Austin both is still going every day, why can't Carter Keepum be out there every you know every day? Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that you need to be finding you need to be finding at bats for Carter Keepum. He needs to get third base every day. He needs to be he needs to be playing the position defensively. I think that he is much as he struggled on the offensive side. I think defensively, you're you're pleased and surprised by how well he's done overall. Uh, you know, handling the new positions. But yeah, I you got to get him at bat. I mean, pitching, I kind of get it with Austin both. I mean, that the the lack of pitching depth in the organization is just it's a serious problem. So I, I mean, it's this point like who do you even put in there? If it's if it's not awesome to put, but yeah, the principle of it uh, is is something I'm definitely on board with. I want to see Keebum. I want to keep seeing what you have there. Carter Keebum, you know, he drove it around the night. Not like it's the greatest thing in the world. It was a fielder's choice, but uh, yeah, I think it's important to see him grow. And you know, that kind of turns the conversation towards if you're Mike Rizzo, what is the first thing? that you are thinking about with this team heading into next season. Obviously they've got a few guys who are expiring contracts, guys who are coming off the books. For me, Connor, my first thought is get a bit younger, right? Like I like the move to get Starlin Castro because, you know, he's felt like he's young forever, but he's only 30. So I like the, the idea of getting guys who are a bit younger, bringing in some youth. And for a team that's done well signing veterans, I think it's for the time for them to start turning their attention towards building with you know I know they want to win now I know that they think they've got the pitching to win now but I would say build with the nucleus right I mean you've got Strasburg under contract you know for going forward for a long time you got Corbin under contract for a while 
I know Scherzer is coming up on the end of his, but it's time to not hit the reset button. But get ready, just kind of do a little reboot and see what you can see what you can put together in terms of winning again. Because this roster is not far away. We know that with Turner and Soto and the pitching they have, but they're going to have to set, hit a little bit of a reset button to make sure they get the right combination of guys. Because it, it feels like the Eric Thames thing is not going to work out. If Stalin Castro stays healthy, he can be a good piece. And I think it's more pieces like Castro. If I'm Mike Rizzo, that's where I'd start turning my attention. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I mean, they've the it's going to be a pretty busy offseason. I'd anticipate for Mike right. Rizzo just because I mean, there's like you said, the team's not nearly as far away as their record may make it look to be when you get Strasburg back and you know things. Hopefully, hopefully things break your way a little bit more, but. They're going to have to do a few different things. They've got to they, – they have some holes offensively that they're going to have to fill. And typically, uh, big offensive producing positions, first base, third base, and right field, you got to find something to out of those three spots. So, I think th- that's going to be his, his primary thing uh, on the with, – with position players. I mean, catcher maybe as well with Suzuki Zeal expiring. Um, you know, JT Romuto is going to be on the market. Do they try and go? Uh, you're, you're already starting like to, that? yeah. That, that was, you know, I had our friends, Dan Wilson and Addison Hunsaker on last week. And I think we spent about 25 minutes discussing uh, what, the, what, the, what the future is going to hold for JT Romuto. And I think there's a good chance that it's an NL East bidding war. I mean, I can even see the Mets getting in there for him. His future. Yeah, exactly. His future exactly. feels like it's going to be in this division with one of those three teams, right? I mean, the, the Nats have, like, had a thing for J.C. Romuto for his entire career. They've right. tried to trade for him before. So, it'll be interesting now that he's a free agent on the market and they don't have to give up prospect capital to get him if they're going to be interested. I think to, to what degree, I don't know. But I think you're going to see them try and maybe uh, go after a, a guy like that. Cause there's a lot. There's maybe three or four spots offensively that they have to fill. And then pitching depth-wise is a, is a problem, too. I mean, Sanchez – they need to get a guy uh, not make something it, similar yeah. to what Sanchez was in 2019. Right. Uh, kind of towards the back of that rotation. Well, the kind of reason my, my next question is that, you know, it's not like I don't support throwing Austin both out there, but maybe At looking this point, for another... I, it's hard to, it's hard to support. Right. Like, like this, like, th- I mean, I'm getting to the point right now, I, this season, it's not like starting pitching is not going to work for him. It's just like whatever is wrong with him. Yeah. He is, it's he it's is not, not He's not figuring it out this season. Um, whether you need a change, like a back to the plate, I'm all for sending him to the bullpen and having him pitch out of the bullpen, like giving like one inning at a time, rebuilding his confidence. I think it's what he needs. Um, you know, get, getting him some long work. Because I mean, Eric Fetty, that, I mean, that, that early in the season was something that kind of gave him a little bit of confidence. And he's been able to you know, display some competence uh, pitching. So I think that's the next move I'd make. Whether, you know, if you fill it with Will Crow, that might be the – I mean, I just think they're short on pitching. I think that's, the, that's why they're not making the move, right? Like they, they just, <laughs> yeah. They just don't, they, I, Will Crow is the only person I think they can fill it with, and he's made two starts. So Yeah, because you don't want to don't want uh, to bring someone up that's not ready and, and have them fail and, and kind of crush their confidence. Not to say that – I mean, Austin Booth is, is struggling mightily, so you could say um, – is somebody else going to have the same problems? But I think you don't want to call someone up before they're ready and then and then maybe set them back more so than if you kind of stayed patient with their development. 
I mean, I think the Nats, if they could find a way to not throw Austin both out there every five days, I think they'd love to. They just, at this point, it's, it's just hard to, to build that depth back, um, you know, immediately. So it kind of, in a lot of ways, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. I mean, I think Will Crow's like the only move you could consider, but, you know, what are you going to, how confident but are you? At a certain point, are you, un, are you undoing some of the good work that, that both did last season? Like, because, you know, like last year, they really liked what they saw from him. Are you undoing some of that right now, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's the organization <laughs> doing it to to him. It's him doing it to himself. I know, but I mean, you don't I wanna, know you, it's like worth sending this guy out there every five days because he might get so deep in a mental hole where it's like, this guy's not climbing out of it. I didn't I, – I was kind of – I mean, not to, not to be too blunt about it. I was just kind of assuming that we were already there with – with Austin Vogue. I didn't think I, I think they throw him out there right now because they don't have a choice but I don't I don't anticipate at this point ever going forward that Austin Vogue is going to be a, a positive member of the rotation yeah am I like am I wrong on that is that no what I'm saying is how many times the broadcast do I have to hear FP Santanzo mention the 2019 season that Austin Vogue had like I get it he was good last year I mean I, I get it he gave them you know he gave them uh, you know, eight really solid starts, and his ERA was on, around 3.3. And I, I get that. But, like, how many more times do I have to hear, you know, hear it discuss his, you know, his solid 2019? It's like if the organization well, Josh, had, if, had some belief in that. If I, would, I had to guess, if I had to guess how many more times you're going to hear it this year, I'd say one for every turn around the rotation. <laughs> it's probably going to be, it's probably going to be. Like, you, know, you, you know, you might not believe this, but remember, in 2019, and I'm like, you know, if, if the organization felt like that was a sign of what they had, maybe you would protect him a little bit and not let him just go out there and get his ass handed to him every five days. I mean, he's 0-5 with an 8.26 ERA. He's, he's made, he's made uh, let's see, seven starts this season, and he's pitched a total of, of 28 innings. I mean, the guy is, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a complete disaster. And it's like every yeah, it it's, it's just – it doesn't feel fair to him. Like, I feel really bad for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly feel bad for him as well. I mean, you don't want the, – the guy doesn't doesn't want to struggle. I mean, he, he obviously wants to, to, to throw, in, throw the ball well. In any well. other situation, you move this guy to the bullpen. Like, this is – like, this is that, that's what happens to these people, right? I'm not crazy to think that, am I? You put him in the pen and you let him get, get his confidence back. Yeah, I guess – I don't know if they're confident. With, I, I, here's where I'm, I'm definitely with you is that I don't think that any alternative is going to go worse than this. I, like, I don't think no, it, it could not. To, no. like, to eat less innings than to give up more runs. I don't think <laughs> that the alternative is going, to, is going to, to have either of those two things happen. But if, right. if they were going to pull the plug, I don't know why it didn't happen a couple of turns ago. I feel like this – I mean, at this point, it's kind of like a, a – a ongoing joke in that sense that he's like still in the rotation because you just you well, know what's going to happen every five days. Right, like this and, is not about winning baseball games. At this point, like this is not what we're talking about. Like we're just talking about like like what is best for the team and for like the player. Like 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 if you're like you're moving forward, and you're saying, all right, what do we want from Austin Voth? Like if he's going to start in the pen next year, which he obviously is going to. I mean, there's there's if he is an, are we calm? Are he going to be on the on the team? Right. I know. I'm saying if he's a Washington National next year, it's in the pen. That 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 is where he's going to go. And as an innings eater, I might have some confidence in him in the pen. You know, like a guy like I just is a guy I know who can go out there and 
you know, the different stars in the mound, he might give it, give you a different look. I just don't know, like, I just don't know the point of this exercise. Uh, and I'm not the only person. I know Mark Zuckerman said, mentioned that too. Like, how many times can you keep throwing this guy out there? And even though the point is not winning games, like, he's clearly not going to work out of his issues. You're only damaging his confidence. So I don't know why he's – I mean, if, if you're going to bring – like, Will Crow is an option. Like, Will – you have enough of the season left that if you're going to throw Will Crow out there for your – you know, they, they put him in those, what, those two doubleheader games they've played. He's made two starts for you. He, you might as well just just try to give him, you know, give him some uh, – some, you know, give him a chance. You know, wh- why not, right? I mean, Will Crow, if you are saying, hey, doubleheaders – you know, we think you can pitch him, and you, you think he's ready to play. And, you know, if, if he's ready, if he's, I mean, if he is 2020 ready, which is a different term than most, you know, most seasons, why not we give Will Crow uh, a chance? Yeah, I, I, at this point, what else can, what, how, it couldn't be any worse, right? That's the way I, I sort of look at it. I think I, I would do the same thing. I mean, not with, with both, it seems like, I mean, two, two turns ago, I probably would have pulled the plug on this. Um, right. It's just overall what it shows you is just the the complete lack of of depth they've they developed pitching wise, and really how much they've struggled for an organization that's built on pitching. How much they've struggled to develop their own pitching mm-hmm. at all. Like it's just been a it's been a it's been a problem for for years. I mean, how many how many starters or relievers have they developed over the last? four years and then we would say you know that guy that guy is really good it's like it's right. a very short number right. um, it, it seems like where they succeed is bringing guys over in free agency but I think that, that with Strasburg going down and Joe Ross opting out it kind of it puts it puts all a little more pressure on your depths to come through and they're just not built for that yeah I, that that is the first area, I mean, I know we talked about getting younger and, and things like that, but I mean, I think the first area that, that Rizzo's going to have to look at is pitching because uh, being like, you know, this, their pitching has put them in spots where, you know, even the offense has shown some friskiness coming from behind and it's been, you know, it's, but it's been met with giving up more runs. So obviously like they need, they need to kind of get the pitching in order. And also Anibal Sanchez, you know, dear Lord, it's, it's been a disaster. I mean, it has been, it's been hard to watch. He has the one good start and just can't put anything else good together. He's going tomorrow, but it's like, I mean, do you have any confidence at all in in, in him, Fetty or or Sanchez? Excuse me, Fetty Sanchez no, or both? No. I, I mean, I don't. I, I, it's hard for. I mean, at this point, who I doubt. You know, with Animal Sanchez, especially, you're never going to really be able to. to thank him enough as a fan for the job that he did in 2019 and right and how critical of a piece he was to that championship so but this year's just not going well for for him at all obviously so I don't want to take away from the accomplishments that he's had as a Matt and as a as a major league player in general but at this point I think with those three guys at the back you're not confident at all Corbin hasn't even had a good year um is supposed to be one of your your three, three guys. So it's just it's kind of like a, a perfect storm of of so many, so many people just struggling immensely more than they have in in their entire major league careers. I mean, Fetty, I guess, is kind of the same as he's always been. But for both, <laughs> it's a major step back, and and same thing with Sanchez too. 
Yeah, it's, you know, 15, 25 seasons, shortened seasons, defending champs for at least a few more weeks, right? I mean, that's kind of what you have to hang your hat on. Uh, yeah, to me, like, it's just not that. If there's going to be a year to just absolutely suck, it being the, the 60 game 2020 season is a, is a great time for it. I think to suck as a I champion. Mean, I, think, I think to suck as a defending champion. Like I, I don't want to demean any of anybody else who's going for it this year. Like God bless the Padres. Like the Padres going for it kind of fires me up a little bit. Yeah, I mean with the with the three game playoff series, it just makes it like how aggressive do you really want to get? It? Like it's the trade deadline. It's fun, it's fun to watch the three game playoff series, in my opinion. No, oh, yeah, it's gonna be fun as a fan. It's just as an organization, I don't love the idea of. of winning a bunch of regular season games and, and then having one bad three hours and knowing I have to win two games in a row right, 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 to yeah. extend my season. Like, it, it, you know, like it, selling off prospects for that opportunity, it's just – it's risky. It's it, – you know, it's – I I mean, I – Yeah, and I guess the good news – I guess the good news for the Redskins – good news, excuse me, for D.C. sports fans is that, is that the Washington football team is back this week. I'm sure that will yeah. be our days. Yeah, <laughs> watching, watching the Washington football team get get smacked on a Sunday afternoon will, be, will really uh, bring some normalcy back to our fall. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm like, you know, not that I'm like uh, lamenting the logo being gone, but I mean, they're going to have like the Whataburger W on their helmets. They're going to look like complete assholes. I mean, there's going to be a bunch of guys running around with a big W on their helmet with no team name or anything, you know, so I wish they could have figured that out. Yeah. <laughs> And they're just going to be like a bunch of assholes out there, you know, getting their, getting killed. And uh, DC sports will be back to normal. Early playoffs exit for the for the Capitals, uh, the Nats just sucking in the regular season. And once again, we're you know, we're not saying the team is awful, but this regular season's been awful. Uh, the Wizards being yeah, it's been a- uh, you know the Mystics being kind of the only good team, but you know if, I know fan interest in the Mystics isn't the highest. So yeah, it, the thing this year that's going to be different is. The Nats have really given the fan base, I mean, at least last year especially, they gave the fan base, uh, just D.C. fans in general, the opportunity to ignore Washington football for September and October. Right. This year, people are going to have to uh, turn their – in terms of uh, getting their D.C. sports fix, they're going to have to turn uh, over to what's going on at FedEx Field a little sooner than I think they'd like to. Or Navy football. I mean, Navy football, well, they're getting housed right now. It's 24 nothing. So I actually don't know if Navy football is going to help out. Uh, yeah, not good. The, 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 the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Hey, Tech and UVA are back this week. And I know, I know you care about that. So uh, Yeah, two weeks, two weeks away. That'll be weird. They, they play, right? Yeah. Going uh, on, uh, ACC football back this week. September 19th. Yeah, there you go. Those two. Are they on? Is Tech playing this week? No, they uh, the NC State game got pushed back. That's right. So, That's right NC State was supposed to be a season opener this Saturday, but uh, that one got moved to September 26th, which was originally supposed to be the bye week. Well, it's that kind of year. All right, Connor, we appreciate your time. We know you're on the road too, so we thank you. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Make sure you guys check out us on Twitter at LO Nationals. Follow me at which is you know but it should it should be lol nationals this year but uh follow me at at josh neighbor underscore and also guys check out the locked on mlb podcast and the locked on fantasy baseball podcast all these things are part of the locked on podcast network